Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Hey, everybody. So we're in March. Uh, the theme is reemergence for 2022. And this month, it's energize. So what that means to me is uh, feeling motivated and empowered to just be, just to live a, a happy, healthy life. But it also means to Im- to empower or motivate others. Energize is also about electricity and electrical current. So are you connected? Are you in that electrical field of a vibration of, I don't know, love? I'm calling love all the time, everybody. But are you also motivating yourself? Are you, by loving yourself, are you feeling empowered? by loving yourself? Are you feeling invigorated to be out in the world again and live your life? This is what energized means. So I'm excited and I hope you'll feel energized when you listen to the show today, because it's a good one. Take a listen to our show. So today I have a very amazing young woman, beautiful woman, who's joining me to talk about her book, Uh, And I was attracted to this because I've been doing some of my own personal investigation and exploration into chakras. And her book is called Chakras, Food, and You. Tap your individual energy system for health, healing, and harmonious weight. And I have been focusing on health, healing, and harmony. So I want to welcome Cindy Dale to the show. Thank you, Susan. It's great to be here. I think we should all be focusing on harmony, whether it's about our weight or our world or our personal lives. So it's a great uh, it's a great word to, you know, to kick off the next few years, I think. Yeah, I'm finding it uh, for me in my inner practice that it kind of is all inclusive. The more I lean into it, it's just more inclusive of wholeness and oneness and um joy and I just kind of all those different words go into harmony. So yeah. And, and it's so funny because, you know, you had all my key words that attracted me to this interview because I've been focusing on my own personal health for the last several months. So, um, so let's, let's talk about I, I did not, had not put together chakras and food. You know, uh, lots of people think that there, there's energy or there's spiritual stuff. And then there's, you know, you got to go and make dinner and they're separate. So let's talk about why chakras and food go together. Well, they're really not separate. I mean, chakras compose 99.999% of what's running us. So you take a physical object, less than 1% of it is made out of physical energy. Most of it is this beautiful, subtle stuff of frequencies and chakras manage our frequencies. So every chakra is an organ. It's like a physical organ, but it's so much more powerful. 
and different chakras are in charge of different sets of physical, psychological, and spiritual considerations. But what's really key, I believe, when it comes to chakras and food is that each chakra is based in an endocrine gland or a hormone gland. Uh-huh. So now I'm kind of jumping a little bit into the science of food, that there's a lot of studies over the last few years that are suggesting that you eat differently for different endocrine glands. Like if you really want to support and sustain your pancreas, there's a way to do it. Same with your adrenals. Okay. So you start to put this together, which I really started doing 20, 30 years ago, but the science is now with me, <laughs> right? Not just, oh, she's just so woo woo. Yeah. Yeah chakras and endocrine glands. So what you're really doing is figuring out, gosh, what's my most important chakra? What's my main chakra? What one do I really need to lead with in my life right now? And I support that chakra slash endocrine gland, that chakra, that food program is going to support the rest of me. So that's really the philosophy. Oh my God. I, you know, there are no mistakes. There never, ever are mistakes when I feel led to have a guest on my show. So <clears throat> because I've been a type one diabetic for 30 years. And so the whole endocrine system has been like my focus, right? And I never put the two together, the chakras and the, and the endocrine, never, ever until you just said that. Well, because people haven't, I started to do it years ago, but like I said, we're just starting to get the science. You can now actually Google and go, how do I stoke my pineal gland? Oh, I'm not sleeping. You know, I'm moody, but pineal gland is seventh chakra. That's a white energy center. It's the crown. It's the divinity. It's spirituality. And it's very, very physical. So we've tended, I think, over the last few decades and hundreds of you know, hundreds of years to think of chakras as really just this sort of, uh, oh, they're, they're steps toward enlightenment and aren't they nice? And we can breathe into them when we're doing yoga. But honestly, the more I'm learning and the more science that gets linked, the greater respect I have for the ancient ones, the mystics who are sort of like, you know what, it, it, it's important to take care of the physical body. One of the best tools is through your subtle system, especially the chakras. Okay, so, so it's interesting to me because I, I literally, Cindy, I think my brain has like, it's in the process of shifting my perception right now as we're talking. I can feel it. It's like it's- Yeah, because- <laughs> uh -huh. um, Those old fashioned hair dryers that women yeah. use to wear. <laughs> the picture I get. That's, that's how it feels right now. Because, um, because I am, I, I, you know, my daily practice and, and how I work with clients is through energy. Right. And so my personal practice is to align my chi, my chakras, and I can feel that energy that moves in and it, and it does buzz like that hairdryer you're talking about. And then it drops down through all the systems and, You've just given me a huge gift today because I can, I have been seeing that energy going into all my organs, my cells, my, the blood vessels and all that stuff. And it, so it's just going to have more uh, of a power punch for me when I sit down to do this again later. It's so. exciting. Well, here you're talking about the pancreas. So you've been eating for your pancreas 
for a really long time. <laughs> I mean, you have to. When we have a condition, it really draws attention to that gland and to the way to support it with food, meditation, exercise, sleep, yes. whatever else goes into wellness because it's a big palette there. You know, but I think it's really cool, like you're saying, to hang a chakra on the gland, not just hang a gland on the chakra, right? But hang the opposite as well and just go, wow, since I'm stoking my pancreas, that's third chakra, that's yellow, that's in the solar plexus. And, you know, a lot of organs are in that third chakra kind of across the solar plexus. So you want to keep them all healthy, you know, but what does that mean? And I think it's, it's a more exciting way to approach food. Now, I think food is great. A lot of people have, you know, food is uh, arch enemy number one. It's on the FBI's most wanted list too. Um, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but we're supposed to have a love affair with food. And right. The Italians do, the French oh, do. Gosh, they do. The Greeks do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The Cubans. We Norwegians are a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Americans don't understand why you want to sit down to a beautiful plate of food and take your time. No, we don't. And we don't revel in it and, you know, kind of like enjoy it and try it and taste it. I remember going with my ex-husband and my, uh, our young child years ago, I took him to Italy to meet his relatives. Now he's actually half Swedish, but he will never tell anybody. That. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's Italian. And everywhere we went to all his relatives, there were feasts. It didn't matter if we visited at 10 a.m., at 3 p.m., it made no difference. I, I mean, I was full after the first course, and there were five or six courses. Right. But it's part of love. It's food is love. It's a way to love our body. And so if we can get out of some of that American tightness or fast food thinking. I, I don't have any problem doing fast food when you're in a hurry, right? Just make it, you know, fast food that works for your body. Um, you know, if we can start enjoying the food and going, wow, what can I do with who I am? I think that's the best way to not just enjoy food, but our bodies too. So when you're talking, I just have to circle back now because, you know, the, the brain buzz is, is kind of landing. So putting my attention, putting our attention on our chakra, the particular chakra that we are working on, that that we then use that chakra energy to help the physical body. Yes, we can draw on that chakra energy and we stoke that chakra's energy. What does because, what do you mean by stoke in the in terms of a chakra? Okay, so for instance, let's take the third chakra. That's in the solar plexus, it's yellow, connected to the pancreas. And it's a mental chakra. It's very smart. So you're really smart. It's a, which you are. And that, you know, if we're really working through and operating through the third chakra, we tend to be, you know, kind of our soul tends to be kind of helping to design our purpose, you know, with thoughts, belief systems, we're helping our self-esteem, other people's self-esteem. We're very structured. We're organized. You know, we're, we're bringing kind of, we're administrators. That's what a third chakra person is. I'm not a third chakra person. I can't file and find what I filed ever again. All right. That's the sign. You're not a third chakra person. <laughs> okay. But, but a beautiful third chakra person, you know, you want to support that chakra because your soul is helping to achieve its destiny through it. 
So you feed the pancreas a lot of mini small meals, um, you know, make sure you get really healthy fats, uh, lots of enzymes. So you're going to approach it that way. But a chakra is really, it, it's like a little person in there. It's holistic. Every chakra has a certain psychology associated with it, an intuitive gift. So you want to be able to really use the intuitive gift of that chakra, believe in it, count on it, uh, give yourself admiration when you come from there. Third chakra people, like all of us, need to get good sleep. So there's a certain approach to getting good sleep. You want to be structured. Bring your pillow on the road with you. All right. You know, so <laughs> we'll set up your structure, set up your systems. Jet lag is really, really tough on somebody who's a structured thinker because you're like, wait a minute, where's my schedule? Uh, you know, why isn't Singapore in my schedule? Right. <laughs> so, right, right. so you want to think a lot of things through so that that chakra can really glow and in turn, here's, I think the key, Susan, you know, kind of serve as that vehicle for your soul that it's needing to be. Oh, that makes a lot of sense to me, Cindy. So thank you for that. So <clears throat> when we are able to, uh, and you've got in your book, you got a really great quiz uh, to figure out what chakra is it, it, now. I just asked five questions in my head. Let me start with the first one. I'm getting them. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Um, are we always one chakra? Is, is one chakra always the most dominant? No, it's not. Uh -uh. I don't believe it is. I, I believe, of course, that we change over time. I think it's really good to figure out what your main chakra or main two chakras are right now, though, because think of it, we all go into these little factories when we're little people called schools. Yeah. And we're not you know, developed into who we are when we're going through a system. Um, you know, I'm, for instance, at this point, and I have been for years, a really strong first chakra person that's red, that's in the hips, that's the adrenals, that's move, 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 never, never sit. Some people call it ADHD. That's fine. Um, you know, but I don't, I forget about food. It's not because I don't like it, but it's because, oh my God, now I'm going to do this. And then I think I'll walk the dogs and, oh, I didn't finish this and let me get that done. So those have been my tendencies personally, since I was a little kid, well, take a girl and sit her in a classroom, right in Midwestern Minnesota and tell her that she's not supposed to move and she's still supposed to learn and it doesn't add up. So I think there's great value in figuring out what's the main chakra we need to support or that we're going to be operating out or want to be operating out right now and then sustain it and then be aware when we make a shift. For instance, my 22-year-old son is a baseball pitcher and he's always been also very first chakra, right? Well, of course, he's a baseball guy. He's beyond ADHD. Like I didn't take him to a family function for years not at a restaurant because <laughs> there goes the, you know, the, the silverware, he gets one course and he's like, Oh, I'm just going to go sit in the car and like play my, you know, like put on my headset and do whatever I'm going to do. Um, but I was talking to him a couple years ago about this system and he was sitting on a bus for baseball and he said, mom, mom, I know I'm for chakra, but my neck is feeling really weird. So, you know, he's trying to like hide from all the baseball guys who are like, 
you know, cool dude. Right. right. And he's going, mom, I, I, I really, I can't even move my neck. I said, Gabe, I think your fifth chakra is opening. He's not, a, he's an introvert. But I said, I think it's opening because I think that's really your future. And he goes, well, mom, it is because I want to coach kids. Everybody else gives up on. First of all, my oh mother, my God, did you start crying? <laughs> oh my gosh. I still remember where I was. I was in Hawaii. He was on a bus. It's the only time for baseball we ever got anywhere really warm. And, um, you know, and I'm like crying. I'm like, oh, he's the best person in the entire universe. And I said, okay, just stay with it. Let's support this. And within a few minutes, he had full mobility. Well, what's interesting, Susan, is since then, he's joined forces with a couple other trainers. He's doing videos. He's out there. Wow, he's look at that. training kids. Like he's, he's training kids. He doesn't care if they're good or not. He believes in them. And that's it. So, right. you know, so now he's stoking his fifth chakra and his first so it's fun to kind of look at where we are and I think also get a sense of where we're going too. And, you know, kind of playing a little bit with diet or wellness plans can kind of increase your capabilities in a strengthening chakra. Yes. So it, it, having gone, you know, we're, we're all in this pandemic shutdown, lockdown, <clears throat> excuse me, and everybody's processed it differently and done things differently. And so uh, what do you say to the people that, okay, what do you say to the people that like did a lot of stress eating during the pandemic? <laughs> what <laughs> chakra was I stoking then, Cindy? <laughs> and you know, if you ate, I'm just curious, Susan, if you did some stress eating, what foods would you mainly go toward? I'm just oh, curious. Pretzels, pretzels. Oh my God. Gosh, that's so funny. I would need a pretzel to like save my life. It's because it's the thing I'm not supposed to have because it's a carb. It's a, you know, a right, a right. Crap right. carbohydrate. Exactly. And I'm just going to point out it's a snack food people like to go to if they're a third chakra person. They like crunchy foods when they're frustrated, popcorn, pretzels, chips. So it's just kind of interesting to put together our snack preferences, you know, our bad snack preferences, if you would, you know, with the chakras, <clears throat> it's also because there's often salt on it. It's also a real fifth chakra snack food. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, for communicators and yeah. you're definitely a communicator. So I think you were like roundabout trying to deal with the stress in those two chakras is what I would say. So, so I, so I think people reach for snack foods based on their main chakra or the chakra that's needing the most attention to, All right? I, that's so, just my sense also. Okay. So, so uh, what I'm also hearing you say is then there's chakras that get depleted, right? They, yes. they're, they're Because they're not being fed the right food that opens them. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So as a first chakra person, like if I'm going to snack typically, because I'm supposed to eat a lot of good protein, I'm supposed to remember to eat breakfast, which I really, I have to say, though I wrote the book, I have to keep reminding myself, I just eat avocados. So, you know, you got to <laughs> find your thing. <laughs> you find your thing. You start the day right and you're going to do better during the whole day. All right. Um, so, you know, my snacks are a little willy nilly because I tend to more ignore food until it's like open refrigerator, you know, eat the pot roast kind of thing. 
Um, a second chakra person, which I can sometimes be, I think a lot of us have this happen, especially we women when our hormones are strange, because second chakra, that's the abdomen, microbiome, ovaries, testy. Oh, it's muffins, pies, cake. I mean, anything like that. And, you know, so I know when I used to get my period, thank God, I don't get it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I would flip into that second chakra for a week or two. And I'm like, I mean, that apple pie was my best friend. I'd skip right. the apples though. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> right? I, just, give just give me the pie part. That's yeah. good enough for me. So I do believe that we get cravings for a lot of different reasons. Some because our chakra is depleted. And so maybe we'll go for the less healthy foods associated with that chakra just to get some energy, just to stoke that endocrine gland, just to like put our head above water. I think sometimes we get cravings also, and this is a little bit more with research too, because we're missing something in our diet. And right. for, and you know, this is, kind of why it's, it's really helpful to follow, at least start for a while and follow like something like a chakra based program, because you start to trust your instincts. You start to trust what your body wants to eat. And you may not go in those crazy, you know, stress cravings, like uh, for the last two years, for most people, it's like your rituals are different. Your people are different. If you have people, they're different. Right. And we're absorbing everybody else's tension. I mean, it, the fear is just everywhere. Anger was everywhere. You know, you, we're just picking up everybody else's feelings. Other people's feelings or energies inside of us can give us their cravings. So are oh, we yeah, that's us? true. Who are we eating for, right? Right. That's a and good question. It's a really good question because I know that I stopped going for all those muffins and all that stuff. Oh, I like a good muffin every so often. It's just fine. But I stopped going for all of them when I did some inner work around how I was overbonded with my mom. Mm -hmm. And I really believe a lot of my cravings growing up were emotional issues about her yeah. and or her Hers. emotional issues. Hers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I... Well, that's that right there too, Cindy, because um, I can say absolutely I had that going on too, you know, and, and maybe that's also still why I, I uh, default to the thing that used to taste really good as a kid, right? But isn't, doesn't, doesn't taste as good. It, I know it's subtle energy though. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, so if somebody cooks me a meal and they're doing it with love. Love is a subtle energy. So is hate. So is everything else. We know that different uh, qualities, different emotions actually shape molecules. So if somebody, you know, makes me food and it's with love, that's going to have a very encouraging impact on my body. If they're resentful, and, you know, I mean, my mom, my mom is a smart lady to have her have to be home to cook three meals a day. Can you imagine the resentment for somebody oh. who's super smart? Yeah. Hello. Been there. Been there. Oh, no, no, no. I just didn't cook that much for my kids. I mean, I taught they, they were cooking by 12. <laughs> yeah. So was my son. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a good way to do it too. You know, so, so we have subtle energies that come into food, but we also assign subtle energies to food. We sort of put them into food. So if pretzels were like the thing growing up, that was like a comfort food, 
you're still going to put that in there. I mean, I still, not very often, my favorite memory of food was going with my dad out to Snyder's drugstore. I don't even think they exist anymore. And we would buy chocolate covered cherries. Yum. I know. Well, I love chocolate. I mean, they're good food. They're stale, but they're good food. (laughs) And, you know, I don't even really go get chocolate covered cherries, but every so often when I think of my dad or he's been passed for 30 years and I want to feel close to him, I actually think of chocolate covered cherries. So if I were to eat a chocolate covered cherry, which I don't very often, I automatically give it the qualities of closeness and love and bonding. And I'm with my dad, you know, it's, it's just like a feel good for me. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, Mm -hmm. you know, unless we go crazy with it. Right. Right. Over, overindulging. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, like, so my son, I raised my son as a vegetarian, um, from conception and, um, and just in the last five years, he's gone fully vegan. And, uh, so when, when we go out to dinner, I can't eat anything he's eating and, and he won't eat anything I'm eating because I need to have some protein and I need to not have, because there's tons of carbo and uh, nut-based stuff in the plant-based foods now. And I have several friends who are vegans and, and, and they believe everybody should be a vegan or a I, vegetarian. I'm, well, you can't. <laughs> I mean, we're different people. I tried, I went vegetarian for a year and I was so weak. I could, well, and again, I'm first chakra. I'm a doer. I'm a mover. You know, you, you, you need a lot of minerals, electrolytes and protein for the adrenals. I was so weak. I mean, I ate shrimp, which wasn't really exactly vegetarian. You know, I like cheated a little bit and I just couldn't even think. I really believe we've got to give ourselves grace and we have to give other people grace too. Yes. I mean, it's sort of like religion, like my way should be everybody's way and maybe not. Right. So it's not, a, this is what we're seeing in the world right now. It is not a one size fits all. It's not a, I say, therefore everybody should do it. I'm wagging my fingers, Cindy. I, well, I, I will do it with you too. Yeah, because, 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 get out of that. because it's not every, because each of us are so uh, different energetically, even though we have a lot of the same working parts and components energetically and this speaks to the chakras whichever chakra you're you're seated in or operating out of or whichever chakra isn't open right isn't awake yet yes you can also go that direction you know and fuel a chakra that maybe you get a job as an accountant third chakra (laughs) right and you gotta you gotta fill out those forms (laughs) And you're a second chakra creator, feeler. Well, first of all, it's probably not the best match, except there are a lot of creative accountants. So, but you need a job. You're a bookkeeper now. You're a CPA. You've just got to do it. I would say, you know, like still, you know, when you want, especially on the weekends, you're creative, inspired, uh, second chakra self. But during the work week, 
maybe you want to eat for the pancreas because otherwise you're just going to blow up a lot of little, you know, mini meals, keep yourself going, keep your mind working, fuel the brain, which needs glucose. Um, you know, it needs carbs. It needs, you know, balanced little mini meals in order for you to think because you're a different person when not the whole different person, but you're like a different person at right. some level when you're working on one chakra rather than another chakra too. Yeah. Yeah. So then let's talk about, because in your book, um, chakras, food and you, right. The, I saw this, um, chakra diagram at the beginning, toward the beginning that had a bunch of other chakras I was not aware of. And I love, I love finding new things I didn't know about. That's because I'm a third chakra person, right? <laughs> you are, yes. And you like talking about them because you also do fifth chakra communicating. <laughs> yes. And, and this has been, this has been pretty open most of my life. I, used I to, bet I got in trouble a lot for talking in class. Oh, then it's a strong gift that you have. <laughs> okay. Or I just, I I'm learning how to growl. Right. But you thought right. in, in this book. Okay. And plus the way you are that describe the chakra types. I had not seen this before. Of course, like I said, I'm kind of new to chakra working, at, <laughs> looking at chakra stuff. Um, I, I know they're there. I can feel them in my body, but I, right. you know, so you, so there's, I'm just going to read out some of the types and then, cool. um, so, <clears throat> so there's a manifester, creator, thinker, relator, communicator, and visualizer and spiritualist. Yes. And the way you've le leveled them in makes complete sense to me. But then there's the, um, the next piece about the mystic, the harmonizer, the naturalist, the commander, and what's uniquely you. So let's talk about some of that. Okay. I love talking about the 12 chakra system. So I'm backing up. When I was a kid, I saw chakras. I saw auric field chakras. I talked to ghosts. I was that spooky little kid. My parents were like, oh, she's, there she goes again. I didn't know the word chakra. I was a white Protestant. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? The devil ain't a good thing. And if you go too far out of the coloring lines, you're in the category of doing devil work. So I only found out what those orbs were, the colors were that I was seeing when I took a healing class when I was like 27 or 28, you know, and then I, I really got into traveling and learning from other cultures, you know, energy, healing, intuition, not just chakras, but, you know, how does all this come together? Right. Um, but early on, I put together a 12 chakra system. And it's, it's gone around the world. It's kind of cool because I saw those chakras. So I don't care if people do just the seven standard chakras and, or add those extra five. I have a client who does an Atlantean chakra system. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a pretty cool system. It's sort of orb like the, the, you know, there's a Cherokee system. I have a book. I don't think I have it in here. It's I wrote a book that's 1200 pages. It's a great doorstop. It's all about chakras. I could have probably tripled it. The second half of the book are chakra systems from around the world. Wow. There is nothing that standard about seven chakras. Some wow. of them have five, some have, you know, dozens, but, but, you know, but they all get to the same place. 
which these are chakras, they run our system, help us become who we really are, you know, in this world, and they're sort of carriers for our soul. And you know, the reason I think this is fascinating that Americans and West, most Westerners believe there's only seven chakras is back in the 20s, a book Serpent Power came out by John Woodruff. He never even said there were seven chakras. He said there were six, but he also said that there's all kinds of other systems over in India. And so you've got to be really open about this, but we like, we like data. We like facts. We like diagrams. And so we just do these same seven. So the, the those extra five are wonderful, beautiful, and they show up in other cross-cultural systems with different names and in different ways, you know, at least partially too. Right. So what's interesting to me, I mean, I, I've, I've known about a couple that are above, you know, a couple added ones, not added. Soul chakra. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because I can't, because I can feel them. Yeah. But this, uh, the other one about what's in your, your hands and your feet. Oh, this is one of my favorite ones. Oh my goodness. I are you using it? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And this only, okay. So we're talking about energy in your hands and your feet that you can use for healing. That's what we're talking about. And I didn't realize that I had that connection or ability uh, until I went through this uh, heart shattering divorce. And so all my, you know, when you said you knew when you were a little girl, you saw things, I think I knew I was intuitive and probably psychic when I was little, but I, it scared me. So I shut the door. Plus, you know, I was kind of supported in my family of origin to just shut that door. So when my heart was completely shattered and everything opened up, all of a sudden I was like, wow, that was, you know, I can, whoa, that, oh my. And, and then I just decided I'm not going to get it, become a head game about it. I'm just going to have fun because I also uh, as, ascribe to the uh, vow of, and it harm none. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The Hippocratic oath, do no harm. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Do no harm. And, and, and that goes back oh, eons. Good. So, uh, so uh, are the, the chakras in the hands and the feet, all one chakra? It, they are. Now there's also secondary chakras in the hands and the feet, right? Mm -hmm. So in like traditional Chinese medicine mm -hmm. in, you know, in the feet that that you know, little indentation, they call it, you know, the bubbling springs. So there's, so there's also secondary chakras, like in the palms and in the soles and, you know, other places too. And yes, from a chakra point of view, not so-called the meridian point of view, you know, also the, um, the hands and the feet are part of a larger chakra. I just call it the 11th, the commanding chakra. I always see it as rose. I think because oh. red is physical, right? It's physical. White is spiritual. And you're really like you're saying, do no harm. If you're going to command forces to help, to heal, to walk on water, to raise the dead, to pull a coin out of the air, I mean, to do all this and more shall we do? I, you know, I mean, I remember Sunday school, like going, well, Jesus said that. So why are we doing nothing? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Right. It's a, it's a shamanic attribute. It's a healing attribute. And 
And I think like with everything, any special power we have or any natural ability or power that we have, we, we've, we're constantly questioning and need to question, am I in alignment when I use it or not? Like a lot of times when we instinctively do something, it's smart, right? It's sort of like, well, I just need to help this person or I can't let that you know person harm me or you know i'm going to stop them from hurting my child or whatever it is so trust your senses of things you know but, but when we're working with a power like that commanding natural and supernatural forces we do want to say what's what's you know my will is that different than whatever you might want to call divine will where do they align that's what i'm going to be an agent of so do you do you do you feel that your hands heat up Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what most people feel when they're being called, you know, to help through that 11th chakra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And, uh, and my current spouse is his ability to to do healing energy through his hands is and he he wasn't aware he was doing it, but he loves to give everybody a big bear hug. And when people (laughs) come out of a hug, men or women out of a hug with him, they're like, I feel so good, you know, and he's just hugging at me. <laughs> it's so it's, lovely, isn't it's it? It's wonderful. And it's, <laughs> and it's funny. So let's talk about the big chakra that in your diagram goes around all of you and that you call uniquely you. Now explain that to me. Yeah. Well, there's a 12th chakra and <laughs> If I'm going to assign it a color, though, I really would have to say people would pretty, you know, probably have a really unique set of colors. It may not even match anything we see on this planet, too. Uh-huh, all right. Uh-huh. So I think of it as opalescent or translucent or pearlescent or some such thing. And it on the outside of us is I just call it the 12 chakra. It's a very boring number. It's not a boring number, but it's a boring label <laughs> for it, but it's unique. It's like the outside of our spirit. You know, it's like, it contains us in our own essence and our own spirit. And I believe the easiest way to connect with it is in the middle of our heart. So it's that what's within, you know, is also outside. What's Uh outside is also Uh within, but what's really fun with that 12th chakra. What I love doing is, is, you know, kind of coaching people to figure out what is unique about themselves. What does their spirit or their essence carry, even in terms of a gift, like an ability, a capability that nobody else has. And I helped a client do that years and years ago. This is actually my favorite story from, and about that chakra. She called me, didn't tell me much about herself, except I knew she was a graphic designer, right? And the pictures I was getting, because I get a lot of pictures clairvoyantly when I'm working with people in my everyday life, I'm just sort of like, you know, what feels right, you know, energetically, physically is like what is right for me. So I got this image of her marrying her husband in a castle. I said, did you marry your husband in a castle? She goes, well, yes, I did. And And I said, is he royalty? He's not Prince William, right? Okay, just like to put all that out there. Um, She goes, well, he is. And I said, well, they're like evil stepsisters there who were like really mad that you got him. She goes, well, yes, they are. There are, and they still call him all the time. So that wasn't really about the 12th chakra, but it was sort of interesting that I knew I was on 
Okay. Then I said, you know, I think graphic design is a beautiful calling and it obviously uses your creative skills. But when I look in your 12th chakra, like it was sort of, I looked in her outer field, uh -huh. the image I got was of her writing stories and the ends would come true. I said, do you do that? She goes, how do you know that? I go, well, I just, I'm just getting an image. She goes, well, I've done it three times. I've written three stories, four friends, and the end came true. For instance, she wrote a story for her friend's four-year-old who had leukemia and he was healed oh my without God. intervention. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's the other interesting part. I said, have you thought of using this ability to help people, to help yourself or help people? She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. I, I think sometimes we do carry this fear that, all right, if I was alive in the 1500s and I used my gift and I got killed, I ain't going there anymore. <laughs> I mean, when am I going to call myself? And, and who's going to help me? Who's going to train know? me? And what if I do the wrong thing with it? Right. And yeah, it's scary to be, it's scary to, to kind of, I think, even own that we're unique, much less kind of figure our or fumble our way through it too. Well, I <clears throat> So that's curious to me and wonderful to me that you were able to see, look into that larger kind of aura field around her and, and really see and pinpoint. And, and I think, I believe Cindy, that we all have those kinds of capabilities to, to, to see beyond the, the actual touchy feely physical world if we allow ourselves that permission and this this woman it sounds like it was so traumatizing the several lifetimes before which i also believe having been in that right uh i could understand where she would say no not this time right? yeah will my husband accept me if i'm not like more of a normal person will i have friends will i you know be you know you know, raided? Will everybody just grab me? Will I have myself left? I, and I'm just going to go back to what you said, Susan. We all have these different types of mystical abilities. We do, and we're already using them. I mean, if they're there, 99.9999% of all energy is subtle. We are subtle beings. Mm -hmm. We're already sending out messages, picking up on messages. You know, we're, we're just mainly doing it subconsciously or unconsciously. Right. And Unfortunately, we're often basing what's coming and what we're, how we're interpreting it and what we're sending out, you know, of course, based on dysfunctional programs, on survival programs, on group programs. Mm -hmm. So it, it, I'm still working on my intuition. I'm still working on keeping clean and keeping clear and, you know, what people call boundaries. Uh, I don't worry that much about them anymore, to be honest, because I'm sort of in this place, like, well, I don't want to know it. I'm not going to know it. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, like, that's not my business and I right. don't want to make it my business. So there's a certain practicality to all this and it doesn't all have to be woo woo. It can just be real life development of your skills too. And so it's great to have, you know, people, I love seeing people wake up to their abilities and go, oh, I've been using this. Oh, I can get better at it. Oh, I do hear a voice and it's not because I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> <Or whatever laughs> it is. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I really think, Cindy, that there are so many of us awake and aware on the planet right now because we're here to support each other in that deeper uh, awakening and ownership of these mystical skill sets, because I really believe that, uh, and I've been arguing with my ancestors for the last couple of weeks, but I really believe that a lot of the ancient mystical skills are being called into uh, activation. They're activation. That's a good word. You've got to use them. That's a good word. The world needs them. And my argument with my ancestors has been no, 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 because when it was out there or, or what if the wrong, if, you know, the whole idea of it falls into the wrong hands kind of thing. Right. You know, which you, I mean, you do have to be aware of, but, but you don't necessarily have to be afraid of anymore. We don't have to be paranoid about that. Exactly. So many people are. I know we're here helping each other, not be paranoid, Cindy. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Let's help everybody not be paranoid, you know, and, and it is a really interesting thing because it's like something people keep secret. And I don't think you you need to go out there and tell people, do you want, do you want me to tell you what color your aura is? There is something called boundaries. Like it's not our, when it's not our business, it's not, but I look at my sons and there's 10 years difference. And what a difference those 10 years makes to some extent in the acceptance of all this, my youngest the baseball player, like he'll text me in the middle of the night. Like I've helped him with his baseball, you know, find his issues, clear his issues, increase his velocity. Sometimes it doesn't work. It's not magic. Okay. Right, right, right. But he'll text me like, mom, you know, kind of, when do you think my velo, my velocity will pop, you know, like, and he'll do it in the middle of the night. Cause I tend to have fewer boundaries then. <laughs> right. You know, and if I get an answer, I'll tell him. If I don't, I'll say, I don't know. I'll see if I get a sign. But he usually responds like, well, is that my mom talking or the voice in your head? Because I want the voice in your head. (laughs) (laughs) And my oldest, and this goes back to cooking. It goes back to food. He's sort of a little, okay, I don't want the world to see me as weird. He's been in media, you know, politics. You just got to be careful with image. It's about, and in a positive, smart way. Yeah. Um, But a few years ago, he was with his partner, who he's still with. I love her. And I just got this image one day of a red Breville, if I'm even saying it right, um, waffle maker, like at Williams Sonoma. I don't buy anything at Williams Sonoma. I'm not that fancy. Okay. But I'm like, I think they need a red Breville waffle maker from Williams Sonoma. So I bought it and sent it to them. And I did write a note, but they never got it. And about a week later, Michael, my son called me and he goes, mom, did you send that red Breville waffle maker? I go, yeah. He goes, why? And I go, well, I just had a sense you might want it. He goes, we were just talking about that the day before you must have shipped it. So there, for an entire two or three years, they never told me what they wanted for their kitchen. Uh-huh. because They just wanted to see what I would come up with. Right. And it was always spot on exactly what they had been talking about. So this can be fun too. It's a good gift. It's we were to use it on a practical level, on a joy level for healing, for manifesting. And I think we do tend to think that some of these chakra intuitive gifts, because each chakra reflects a certain intuitive way of being. I think we still get spooked by them in our Western culture way too often. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I think we're seeing the, um, 
dismantling of the Western, Western culture ideology right now, you know, in the, uh, the wounded divine masculine breakdown. And so, uh, so if you're, if you're out there listening and you are kind of feeling like you're waking up and it's a little woo woo feeling, don't worry about it. It's okay. If you're woo, there's lots of us. <laughs> you can be triple woo. <laughs> you can be a triple woo. Um, so, so Cindy, you've got a website so people can investigate more about what you do. It's uh, for everybody. And it'll be in the show notes. It's Cindy with a Y and an I, yes. cindydale.com. And the book is Chakra, Food, and You. You tap your individual energy for health, healing, and harmonious weight. And I'm going to be doing a, a lot more deep diving into this, Cindy. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's a gift to the world and um, like a really fun one too, full of colors and cool foods and ways to better understand yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today, Cindy Dale. You are, you really are. You're a bright, shiny light. And I just, I just love our time together. Thank you. All right. And I'm just going to end with, and so it is namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did go to susanburrell.com, you can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time.